Welcome back to another episode of On the Ground with Samaritan's Purse, where we take you to the front lines and behind the scenes of our work around the world. I'm your host, Christy Graham, and I'm excited today to share a conversation that I had with Jody Tosh. She serves with our member care staff and was part of the disaster assistance response team that deployed to Turkey after the earthquake there. I always enjoy talking to Jody, but this conversation was especially meaningful because she was fresh off a of deployment, and I know you'll be blessed to hear how God worked in and through her during her time in Turkey. She learned a lot about trusting God in all circumstances. I started working with Smartin's Purse in 1998. I've worked in various uh, field offices and uh, affiliate offices, um, primarily in uh, Asia, um, but I've also been in Australia, the United Kingdom, Canada. So over the years, I've worked in various capacities. One thing that that has always stood out to me and something that I've always loved is our staff and seeing our staff develop, the needs of our staff being met, and seeing our, our staff stay healthy. And so that's brought me to my current role that I just began uh, with the member care team as an international field chaplain. Mm-hmm. And I love, um, yeah, that's why I wanted you to share that you've been all over. I mean, you've seen the ministry in so many different facets. And I feel like all that you've done before has prepared you for what you're doing now. So for people who maybe don't know what member care is, can you tell us what it is, why it's so important in Samaritan's Purse? Member care is, is we're looking out for the wellness of um, our international field staff. Um, so those that do, do go work overseas um, just have um, different needs than if they're serving in country. And so um, the member care team is is there for our international staff um, to make sure they're okay, you know, whether that's with, with all our needs of spiritual, mental, emotional, all of those needs are being met. And so that's where my heart has been of making sure that people stay strong and healthy so that they can keep um, serving the Lord overseas. Mm -hmm. And I love how you blend both education, but then your life experiences, because you have lived overseas. You've lived in different cultures. You've you've had to go through challenges. And I think sometimes when you're serving the Lord, you're being obedient, you know, you think— when things get hard, you think, is this God's will? Is this where I'm supposed to be? Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, we see time and time again, and, and all throughout the Bible, life is not going to be easy. Circumstances mm-hmm. won't be necessarily easy in the, in the center of God's will and when we're obeying Him. But that peace that we can have in Christ, it's not circumstantial. So how do you encourage people, say there's a storm in life or something really hard? What has God taught you? It's funny, I've been studying lately just on, on the theology of risk. Why is it that we run towards towards risk mm-hmm. um, in the work that we do? And so there's there's that calling to run towards it uh, when others sometimes want to run away from it. And so definitely having that calling, knowing that calling um, is what, what allows us to walk into that risk. But the reality is when we're on the field is that um, we're going to, um, or not just on the field, the reality is as um, followers of Christ that we're going to face those those difficulties mm-hmm. and those trials in life and um, and I definitely in in my experience um, have have experienced plenty um, both in the work that I was doing but then also um, in our personal life um, as a family that we have ex- experienced those challenges but I know that it's in those moments that God has given us the grace that we needed. We all experience grace, but the grace is given to us when when we need it. And so, a lot of times when I'm, when we see difficult circumstances, we think, "Oh, I could never handle." You hear that all the time from people saying, "I don't think I could handle going through that." And in my own strength, um, we can I couldn't handle going through some of the things that have gone through. But 
but um, the Lord has been very faithful to provide the grace that I've needed in those moments um, as, as rely on Him, and He has gotten me through it. Um, and that's it's, it's only the Lord that has gotten us through some of those circumstances. And I think it's, um, it's knowing your calling, knowing that the Lord has asked you to do those, to, to walk into that, those areas of risk, those difficulties, um, but then relying on the grace that He provides. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also say that um, you you mentioned experience and education. There's also this realization too that um, there are ways to equip ourselves and mm-hmm. tools to equip ourselves with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's why I love you know Samaritan's Purse. We run into the fire, you know, difficult situations, uh, but we go in with preparation. You know, there is a security team that makes sure that our teams are safe, and you know we are taking precautions. We have member care. You know, we stay spiritual safe. Um, I mean, it's not like we're going in blind. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, we know if the Lord calls us, we're going to go. And so that's what I love about our staff, that they're willing to to go to really risky places when people are leaving and coming out. You know, our teams are going in. And so your most recent deployment was to Turkey. Mm-hmm. And I know that was difficult circumstances. I mean, I, I can't even imagine the the destruction and devastation just physically that was going on. But then the people that came into the hospital, you know, just had— loss upon loss. So you were you were dealing with really difficult situations. Let's first talk about how hard mm-hmm. the circumstances were. Sure thing. Well, first I want to say um, you bring a really good point about um, how we, we when we enter risk that um, we, we go into risk prepared. And mm-hmm. so being in Turkey, it was a beautiful example about how each of those, um, whether it's security, um, whether it's our nurses, doctors, um, our work team, all those involved in member care, is that we all together make up the body of Christ. And without, um, there's a missing missing piece if, if that whole team is not together. And so, Turkey was just a beautiful example about how when we are equipped and when we are together that we can enter into those area, those difficult areas. Um, and, and Turkey was a difficult area to enter into because um, the earthquake had happened, but you remain in an, in an active earthquake zone. So, um, you're, you're constantly feeling those tremors. And those are reminders, not just um, for the um, for the team, but those that you are serving. That it's an ongoing crisis; that it wasn't just a one time event. And so, um, I think that's the the biggest um, or the most immediate threat when you're entering in, seeing a devastation, and then you're feeling the ground shake. That um, it, that it's a reminder of why you're there, and to enter into a city that um, has been destroyed. That um, you know, you don't have businesses open. You don't have um, anything that you you need. You can't immediately get because that this this city is destroyed. And so, um, it's you know there there's those challenges as well. Um, but you're also, I think, one of the biggest challenges as well is that you're entering into an area of just mass trauma. That again, as as the the earth shakes for those that you're serving, um, that are coming to you with with a need, a medical need. Um, that it's beyond that. It's it's someone that has experienced extreme trauma and. As they're walking through that, as they um, experience the medical care, and as they released, they're walking back into to nothing. You know, they 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 don't have homes to go back to, and they, it's that ongoing um, trauma of lost um, loved ones that they have to experience and continue to process. And these are stories that um, our team hears constantly while they're while they're there. Um, and then while I was there as well is when we experienced the the 6.3 earthquake. Um, and so typically with disaster, you're used to coming in after the event has happened um, in response to the event, but to be there um, for an event and then know that um, 
that that's going to result in a lot um, more patients being brought to you. Um, but in that moment, you're not processing that event. You're processing what needs to be done. Um, that's that's a big event for, for your team. Um, but if for um, with my experience in being there and seeing the team response, it was a beautiful example of um, the body of Christ working together. And um, just they will know you're my disciples by your love for one another. And I really believe that um, the way the team worked um, in their love for one another, in in being the hands of feet um, and being what was needed in the moment, even if it didn't fit um, the job description that you may have been there for, but working together was just such a testimony of the love of Christ. And then the peace that everybody had in a moment of craziness, madness, and stress, that the peace that existed within the team was just very, it was a beautiful thing um, to be a part of, but I also believe that it was a, it was a very strong witness of who Christ is um, in the midst of, of fear and chaos. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, and as you mentioned, you know the the tremors and the aftershocks, mm-hmm. and I imagine most people had lost their homes. Everybody had lost somebody, you know, family mm-hmm. member, friend. Um, so in the hospital, you know, they take such great care of the patients, and people could just see the love of the staff. And I know every hospital, you know, people walk in, even though it's a tent. There's such warmth and such love and such tenderness and care, and so. People, they just feel the love of Christ through through our doctors and our nurses. But I think one of the hardest things about releasing them there and discharging them is they didn't have anywhere to go. So here they've maybe healed them, brought them back, but then they're sending them out to a horrible situation. So how did you comfort and encourage our staff, you know, when they had to essentially do that, you know, say goodbye not knowing where they would go or, or what their circumstances would be like? It was difficult, and that was probably the most difficult because um, it becomes that moment that you can't do something and that you have to rely 100% on the Lord to take care of that and and know that He knows what's going on. Um, but because you have a staff that's there to serve and they have a role, you know, particularly with our medical um staff that they have a role and they can do something, but all of a sudden when that control is taken away and they can't do something, that it becomes one of the most difficult things. Um, and so there's always going to be those moments that you walk away and you've got questions and you, ha- you have to f- 100% rely on the Lord. Um, and I think that's when you need to believe in the power of prayer that, um, that, that God's going to direct that. Um, but then that also brings in creates that greater urgency for for our shelter program or where we're providing um, hygiene kits and and caring in, in other ways than just medical um, it creates that urgency and, and you um, you know you need to respond in that way and I so I think as um, things shifted from a medical focus that we were able to start providing shelter that um, that that would provide peace even for our medical staff as well mm-hmm. of knowing that we, we could be doing something so in a deployment, I know every day was probably different. What did your days typically look like? Yes, so there, our, my role is to to be with the staff, but there is that that um, that participation with patients, and so um, one of the most enjoyable things with the patients was actually um, providing meals. Um, so, you know, going around and, and finding out um, wh- how many meals are needed um, and, and bringing that. It was a way that um, 
even if it was just that that handing food and um, it wasn't a long interaction, but it was a meaningful interaction. And it's actually interesting because there was one um, lady and she was, um, her and her husband were pulled from the rubble and um, they were treated in three hospitals before they came to ours. And each of those hospitals helped her, but they released her before she should have been released. And they were just overwhelmed and, and just sending her out the door and they found themselves they lost their 15 year old son they lost their home and to them they've lost everything and now his wife um needed to be on dialysis because of the the failure that was happening and so they were you know on on the side of the street and um now the husband had lost everything and his wife is all he had left and he knew he was losing her and he cried out and said you know you got if you're there <laughs> if you're the, you need to lead me you need to save my wife and i'm not sure what the connection was but next they were on, on an ambulance to um over to the field hospital they arrived and that was all the difference and the team was going to fight. They improvised to say, we're going to save her life and we're going to care for them, not going to release them um, until we know that she is ready to be released. Um, and when seeing her, you could tell looking into her eyes that she had lost hope. And her husband knew, he knew that not only was her body shutting down, but she had given up and she felt she had lost everything. And the life was, was gone, even though we are fighting to keep her physical body alive. Um, and I bring that up is because part of why that was special was that, um, she was my, um, no tomato patient. So as I would collect, um, meals, um, I would, uh, you know, go for counts of how many were needed from each department and, and, um, it would find out, you know, is my no tomato lady still there? She's still there. And in it with, um, Turkish cuisine, it's, it's very much tomato based. So to find something that's not not <laughs> that doesn't contain um, contain tomatoes is difficult, mm -hmm. but it became something of I need to do this for this lady, and so um, you, you know collect everybody else's meals, but then deliberately go in and find so I could piece together meals for her each time so that they didn't have tomatoes, help her get healthy, and um, so when I left, she was in the ICU, and shortly after I saw pictures of her and her husband, and she was. Her face was lit up. She was smiling, but you could see the life back in her face. And so she was had been moved to a ward, and she was sitting up. So you could see that life was restored in her physical body, but to see that joy in her eyes, um, it, it was, you know— that moment, I remember just sort of started just crying and, and my husband, Darren, you know, asked me what was going on. And it was that, um, that I was so grateful in that moment to have been given the opportunity to serve my no tomato lady, <laughs> um, to be able to provide food to help be a part, even though it was a small piece, um, to be a part of that, um, a part of her story of, of helping to restore, restore life. So, um, so yeah, so for member care, we're there, um, to serve, um, to serve everybody, make sure everybody is staying strong to to um, continue on in the work that they're doing, whether it's, um, you know, our medical staff, our work um, team, our WASH team, our translators, um, local translators. Um, but we have these incredible opportunities to be involved in the patients' lives as well. It's incredible. I can't even imagine. Yeah, I mean, that is why we go. You know, physically, yes, we want to help. Uh, but it's spiritually. It's we want to show them... Um, that God loves them, and we want to be an extension of His love, you know, through acts of service and, and 
finding food with no tomatoes, you know, and trying to to see them as individuals and, and to show them that they're seen and loved and known. Um, and prayerfully, they, they get to know the Father that created them, that knows and loves them uh, so intimately. So what a neat story. Um, I know I can't even – only God will know what, what her – you know, what he does in her life and, and what that experience did for her. So I, f- I feel like circumstances were hard. I know sleeping conditions were hard. I mean, there were just so many things that you were lacking, you know, because it is a disaster. But I know things were rough and, and hard, and so circumstances were hard. But as you talk about this trip, I mean, you light up. And I know that God did so much in you personally, but even in the team. So I guess just even in that those hard days where, yeah, you maybe watched patients suffer and and things were really hard. What did the Lord teach you? I think probably one of the biggest takeaways for me um, is that reminder of needing to rely on Him. So um, I think sometimes in the in the in the midst of the chaos, you can start to feel like I don't know what I'm doing, and that's when the Lord does step in. And um, as I walk with others in helping them to see that um, that that the Lord will sustain, the Lord will lead and direct them, um, even when you don't feel equipped. That it was a reminder to myself in that moment as well, um, because. Um, as much as experience that I do have, I've also been off the field as I've cared for my own family. And so um, knowing how to navigate that with a family working overseas um, and caring for my family, um, I needed that moment again of, of the Lord saying, <laughs> you know, I will equip you as well in those moments. Um, and there was a, um, as an example of of that, um, the night of the earthquake, we watched so many ambulances leave, and in that moment, you know that at some point those those ambulances are all coming back, and and um, so everybody um, prepared for what we knew was coming, um, and then once patients started to arrive, I was assigned to work with the families, and so these were families that some of them knew that their loved ones had come to our hospital, but others didn't know where their loved one was taken. And so at the beginning, I um, had a group of them. And you can imagine that it it does feel chaotic because, you know, these loved ones have already been through um, so much already, and they're desperate to know something. And I I was grouping them and letting them know what was going to happen um, and and how we were going to do what we could to to find their loved one and make that connection. Um, But I needed them to work with me. And um, our translator, when he turned and translated to me, he just said the words, we trust you. And in those moments, um, not only did, is that a moment that you know that God is in control, but um, it also became what fed uh, or gave me the strength to go and to um, do what I needed to do, working till, you know, three o'clock in the morning until I knew that every patient we had had been connected to a loved one and that they were able to, to, to see their loved one and know that they were okay, that they had somewhere to be that night, that they had food, um, because they, they trusted me. And it was in that moment that, um, that, I could share the love of Christ that way, um, of, of saying, you know, Lord, let this be a testimony of who you are um, through that trust. But um, as they trusted me, that's when I had to turn it over and say, Lord, <laughs> I trust you, and um, that I trust that you're going to equip me for in a situation that I might not know how to handle. It's not not a situation that, that one faces every day. And so, um, 
yeah, I think that that that's been a biggest one of the biggest takeaways is in reminders that um, that God will equip us when He's called us into something, mm-hmm. and we might not. Um, feel that we're equipped for it or uh, feel that we are ready for that moment, but um, we give what we can and then allow God to step in. And definitely, as I walked um, through some of those experiences with our staff of of, of reminding them as well that um, we're human and we can only <laughs> bring so much. We come equipped. We, um, it's not that we walk into something that we're not um, uh, trained for or educated for or prepared for. Uh, we prepare in all of those ways, and um, the staff are highly trained, highly skilled um, people that walk into this. Um, but in those moments where you just go, you know, as humans, we're not used to those situations, mm-hmm. then God, God steps in and, and equips us for that moment. Which I'm sure, and I've heard it said before, you know, in our normal circumstances with, you know, cars and, and running water and insurance, and we have so many bubbles of security, you know, and, and we we tend to, I think, we don't rely on the Lord like we should, mm-hmm. you know, in our in our normal daily life. But when you're brought into a a circumstance of of chaos and 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 yeah, I can't imagine trusting a stranger, you know, with my loved one. Mm-hmm. You know how they said, "I trust you." Well, I mean, I can't imagine being in that desperate situation. I think that's where they can, yeah, see the love of God because they have to. They have no other choice, and so they're they're giving them over. And but then for our staff, you know, you are having to rely on the Lord. So I guess you've served all over the world. You've gone to country offices. You've been in affiliates. You currently live and serve with an affiliate. Um, so you've seen every aspect of the ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, but what is unique and different and set apart about the DART? I think what's unique about the DART is that um, you're in the moment mm-hmm. and you're in the crisis. You're in that moment of trauma. Um, you're in the thick of it at, at that moment. And um for such a time as this. And that's one thing I help, tried to walk alongside with the staff is that reminder of you're in this um, moment for such a time as this. And that for, for whatever reason, God has called you to be a part of that team in that moment. And I think it's just um, the reminder that it's just such a privilege and an honor to be called because God could call so many people to help in that moment. He could call no one, and he could do it all himself in that moment. And yet, God has handpicked each person to be there and respond. In a disaster response, it's a group of people that are forced to to be together as one, um, working together, people that you might not have met before, and and yet um, you're you're working together as one in a you know um, very high stress situation, um, high adrenaline situation um, that you might not experience if if you're just doing that work on day to day that that you don't experience. So um, just in that yeah in that heightened moment of, of of a crisis that God has called you to be a part of a moment for such time as such a time as this. And so how can we be praying for for member care, you know, for our staff of Samaritan's Purse, but also the people that they're interacting with, um, you know, because we are responding all over right now, you know, and here domestically, but also all internationally, how having seen Mm -hmm. um, and been on the field, how, how can we be praying? Uh, I think always protection, um, but not just for um, that they that our team is protected, but their team has that sense of protection mm-hmm. um, and and the peace when um, you know that risk is is um, very real all around you 
um, at all times that um, that I, yeah that peace and that that sense of protection is there, um, but that also physically that protection is there because these are people that are. Um, Willing to walk towards risk, willing willing to run into it, um, but that that protection needs to be there. Um, I think always, um, just also physical strength, but also um, from sickness as well. When you're in those situations um, and you're working off of that adrenaline and that stress, you're more susceptible to getting sick. I think that's just a one way to bring the team down. So um, definitely that uh, they remain healthy and strong and. Not just for those that are in dart situations, but those that um, day in and day out um, have walked into that risk saying, I'm going to to live my life here um, amongst that. Um, th- those team members experience that that need for protection as well. And um, there's, you know, just a wide variety of needs that um, that are different from from those that might not work overseas. And so. I, I, that's what's wonderful about being a part of member care is that we can help to meet those needs and help to keep people strong. And so, um, yeah, wanting to just be able to to pour into them that way. And um, really, I think as for member care that we just have discernment on how to to meet the needs of, of the staff overseas so that re- they remain strong, so that they may, remain um able to to reach those that they're there um, that they're there to serve so um, yeah that we just have the the wisdom and discernment on how to do that and what what they need um, and that those that are serving that they experience um, just God's encouragement God's love on a day-to-day mm-hmm. basis um, as, as they do serve I love how Jody asked us to pray she gave us practical ways to pray for our team serving around the world especially during a disaster response Our conversation made me think of Psalm 46, which says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in times of trouble. Please pray for our teens for their physical protection, their health, and as Psalm 46 said, that they would find their refuge and strength in Christ. Thank you so much for listening today. Have a great week.